Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Oh, hello. Sorry, Steve. What's, what's the Devils record since since uh, he sure got the captaincy? Well, you know it's 0-3, I know. asshole. I just wanted you to say it, that's all. Fucking dickhead. Let's talk Devils and Islanders. Let's talk Penguins and Rangers. But let's not talk about Flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can Episode 13, lucky number 13, Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. I am one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. Uh, with me, as always, are... Stephen Wojtowicz. Doc Emmerich. And Bill Fougere. Nick Larita. Shot towards the net. Wojtowicz has taken down a penalty call on Nolan Ryan for hooking. Nolan, uh, Nolan Patrick, excuse me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sam fucking uh, Just keeps getting better and better with age. Gives us more and more fodder to talk about. Um, Lucky you didn't throw him straight through the boards. I know. Well, you know, it, this was during the Philly game, and they had another game against Washington in the afternoon on Saturday, and I thought he was going to, I don't know, maybe talk about Tom Seaver, maybe Bob Gibson or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I was really hoping for for something like that. But it really got me thinking, watching the NBC aired the Doc Hemrick thing on, on Sunday on NBC at like 5 o'clock, then re-aired on NBC Sports at 6. And I'm watching this going, see, Doc kind of knew when to hang him up. He knew this was the time to, to just, that was it, and move on with your life, go into the sunset, and go out on top. And maybe for some announcers, it's they don't know when to when to not do that. And I'm, I'm fearing Sam Rosen's getting into that into that range where he get, is excellent fodder. Getting, and he's getting there. <laughs> well, he just called Nolan Patrick Nolan Ryan. Well, look, that, that happens from time well, to time. Well, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, it's Tom, to be fair. There's only one Nolan. <laughs> to be fair. What do you want there? It's not even a topical reference, though. Did, did, he, is Nolan no Ryan still alive or did he die? Nolan Ryan's still, still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Still, still kicking yeah. Robin Ventura's ass once a week. <laughs> that might have been the yet? that might have been the last time Nolan Ryan was topical. No, no, no. He 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 has since bought the Astros and he's part of the Astros right now. So he's he's been topical the past couple of years for sure. But it's not baseball season, so we can't even give him the benefit of the doubt, right? But I did watch the whole Doc Emmerich thing, and I know we, we, we joke about this, but I thought that the Doc Emmerich thing, the voice of hockey, was was a really good documentary on, on Doc. And, you know, think about all the Stanley Cup final, what, 1995, 1996 through? Well, he called, the, he called the 95 one, but... I don't know if that was on the radio for the Devils or if that was like the national broadcast. No, but weren't they in 95? Wasn't weren't they still letting the affiliate do all the way through the finals? Cuz that was that's what it was in 94 because we got the MSG broadcast in 94 for the and, cup. Then maybe it was. Yeah, then maybe it was. Or was that the first year that Fox had it? I definitely remember watching it on Fox. Yeah, I think I because remember of those too. stupid robots. <laughs> Right. But but when Doc they would go was, to commercial. But Doc was the guy. Yeah. Doc was the guy. So from 1995 until last year, what gigantic NHL game has Doc Emmerich not called? Has he not been a part of? Has have he not been there? You no. Know? And it's like, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> well, Billy, why is it that you don't like Doc so, so much? Why is it that you have a hatred for Doc Emmerich? Is it because he has the whiny voice? Are we at that part yet? <laughs> well, to, I mean, do you want me to go through that now? You keep throwing these comments in, and sure, go ahead. Okay, well, 
I'll, I'll say first of all, look, Doc, Doc is was great for hockey. It still is. Um, legendary work ethic. Uh, great ambassador for the sport uh, all signs point toward him being a terrific human being obviously has great passion for the game um I, I i admire him in a lot of ways now having said that shut the fuck up and good riddance i can't i can't tell you how much his voice unnerves me uh, gilbert Gottfried might be the if he was the best hockey fan on the right. fucking planet i would not want him calling my games same goes for doc i can't stand the voice he he made me he just made me nervous like you could be somebody could, it could be a five nothing game and somebody's dumping the puck for a line change. And he's at such a frenzied state that you would think that the fate of the world depends on what happens next. And it drove me nuts. And I had to, I had to shut him off in most of the games that I heard him in. Uh, but having said that, wonderful guy. <laughs> and <laughs> really, I, I do. I am torn because he is, he is a, he's a great dude and, uh, and, and was great for the game. And, and maybe that's what a lot of people loved about, about him when he was uh, broadcasting. Maybe that, maybe bringing that, that, fervor uh is what really got a lot of people on his side uh, and it just didn't work for me so that's that's all i got to say about doc i guess <laughs> I, I really would like to to hear gilbert godfrey call an nhl game just at least one time <laughs> i think that would be pure entertainment for everybody for everybody now now steve you have the the most ties with doc uh since he was a devil's broadcaster so you have any any good fond memories of old doc emmerich oh just hearing him night in and night out was a treat for me just because he was the the voice of the sport now and i was spoiled but for me for some reason the voice of hockey you know was the guy out in vancouver and i think it was because he did he did the the nhl games he was the play-by-play guy for the nhl games so when i think what, uh, on like PlayStation, playstation and stuff like that yeah 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 when i think of the voice of hockey i actually think of him instead of doc emmerich but i mean you're right he, he did every game Every big game, you know, Stadium Series, Winter Classic, All-Star Game, Gretzky's last game, playoffs, Stanley Cup Finals, he, he did it. I always thought the best tandem were, was Doc and, and John and JD, JD yeah. doing, doing the games. And, and when JD went to be the president of hockey operations in St. Louis, I, I thought that was it, – it, it, was, it was hurtful because JD was the color commentator for the Ranger games – did it for so many years and but to get to get back to billy's point think about the quintessential announcer in just about every sport right you got let's say play-by-play in baseball bob euchre i would i would think maybe vince scully over bob euchre but for comedic purposes sure but vince scully was 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 it or mel allen those those two guys now now let's look at football john madden color guy yeah him pat summerall he and john madden forget about it but he was unlistenable john madden what? was a bumbling fool sure toward the end with the but, color with the color straighter and all that other stuff yeah but sure he was beloved yes. he was beloved so that's you know he gets a pass so i think i think doc gets the, the pass the same way i i get the voice was squeaky i get maybe he over exaggerated things he you know love telling you what school somebody went to but in terms of keeping up with the speed of the game nobody was better no and 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 well and and nick what do you i mean you, you should chime in with Doc Emmerich for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say from exactly what Steve was, about, was just talking about there on the it, – it, it's amazing to, like, listen. I, I watched a little bit of, of the uh, different segments. I skipped around a little bit, to be honest. It's I can only stand so much to Doc Emmerich as well. And I'm in the Billy camp, and I like – you know, I appreciate the body of work, but like, it's like anybody's voice that you hear. You've heard so many times. I mean, I've heard him play or him, you know, talk on so many Devils games because – you know, getting Devils games was pretty much 
in our area, we would get them all the time on, on the, on the, over the aisles a lot of times. So if the Rangers and, not, and Devils and I were playing, a lot of times Devils would get priority on the other the MSG channel. So I ended up watching Devils because I couldn't, I wasn't going to watch Rangers. Anyway, his, his ability to just like elaborate on like so quickly on with like using, you know, describing the play in a way that just, you know, I don't, I don't know what he does the way he does. It's just kind of crazy. Um, and then listen, when you listen to, when you're watching that, sh- that show, then they kind of honed in a couple of spots where you just kind of like, he's accentuating like what's going on and around it. And just so in, in such a quick, you know, thing, it's amazing to, to listen to. Yeah. Even when he he got to replay uh, the Patrick Kane call, which he, he said was his, the, the big regret. Oh, he got to do that over again. And even right on the spot, he called it, I mean, fluid and, and, and great. I'm sure he's been practicing that for many years. I think, but. I think he knew what was going to happen. Too, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that, I guess that too. Is that the? I mean, you look at the day and age when we didn't have the yeah, internet. The, the overtime, the overtime game winner that no one saw go in. Yeah. We well, look, I went in, but we didn't know, and they were like, and then the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, in a day and age, we didn't, they didn't have the internet, and he was only reading newspapers and 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 prepping and his prep work and his work ethic. I mean, hats off to the guy. Yeah, and uh, I I liked the. Uh... Uh, well, one thing I didn't like about the uh, this little documentary, uh, I don't know why we had to have so much on Boom Boom Jeffrey on. Like they literally <laughs> covered him, went into a break, and came back and did more Boom Boom Jeffrey on. I mean, a little like enough of it with the Boom Boom Jeffrey on. It was, it was um, the only. It was the only imitation Clement could do. Clement, Clement, hands of cement. Exactly. And and to that <laughs> point, great. though, and this is not an insult to Doctor. I'm done insulting him, just so everybody knows. So so be calm. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the emotion that he kind of elicited from all of his broadcast partners from a, a piece of crap, like Clements, uh, JD, who, who is, is kind of, you know, uh, standoffish a little bit, you know, not really the emotional guy that I, that I usually know of, but, and Eddie Olchick and, and all of them kind of really getting emotional talking, telling their stories about doc was, was really cool. And then even Brodor talking about, you know, when, when he went, when he was having his big night. And, uh, and, and they asked him, you know, who do you want to MC this? And Brodor's like, man, there's only one person I want out there when, when I go and bang out my sister-in-law and, and it's Doc Emmerich. I want him there for that, to, to call that play-by-play. And that was really sweet too. Brodor on the back door. <laughs> I was really hoping you're going to go there, Billy. I really was. I'm really, I'm really happy. You know, you know I would. That was fantastic. Couldn't pass that up. <laughs> but but if, you, if you watch the, the outdoor game at Lake Tahoe, which was, kind of a disaster but it kind of one wasn't right the scenery was just incredible but who knew the sun would melt ice but <laughs> calling the game if you if you heard who, who called the game it was um mike um Tarico? mike Tarico. he just doesn't get the same flair watching a hockey game that doc emmerich does it just no. it, i mean it was it was a good game it was it was fun to watch the atmosphere was awesome but Tarico is is just He's not a guy that can call no. NHL games. And I don't understand why they didn't have somebody like um, maybe Albert. I don't understand why he wasn't out there. They got it. So, yeah. so I guess it's now, now the search starts to find the next voice of hockey, I guess. Right. Well, it, that was part of the, the thing, right. Was he mentoring some of the guys, uh, some of the different, um, you know, color guys, uh, Brandon Burke, from the, uh, who calls Island, mm. Islanders games, with, you know, was on for a little bit talking about how, he, you know, they, they've he obviously had conversations. He was on a lot, dude. And Brendan yeah. Burke completely misremembered the email that Doc sent him, by the way. Did you notice that? <laughs> he, he paraphrased the email that Doc sent him. Like, Doc sent me this email saying, uh, I did a great job and keep up the good work. And then they actually showed the email. And it, yeah. and it was, besides being complimentary, it was word for word completely different. Okay. I just thought that I'm was sure. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Well, hypercritical I mean, Bill tonight. I love when we get yeah, hypercritical really. <laughs> Bill. It's awesome. But I think that's kind of what plays into it, right? Is like the the people that he's kind of worked with and mentored a little bit. Maybe you know, a couple of years, maybe one of those people will will end up being the next kind of guy that they they start to push because he. They can just elaborate so quickly about what's going on in the game so fast. It's a very, very specific skill that yeah. you know, it, it has to be developed. And even as Emmerich was talking about, he he did it for, you know, so long a career. He was you know, just calling games in college and, and basically just going to, you know, there to, to that school to basically just just call games and get, get games in and do all the the, the legwork we got to uh, find that we got to find that next nine-year-old who's sitting in the corner of an arena with a reel-to-reel doing play-by-play are you are you, you good are you looking for little children are you looking for nine-year-olds i'm not not really but uh if i find one i might oh my goodness know. sweet mother so so what everybody think about the outdoor game again the atmosphere was incredible all that stuff i thought i thought the crowd was lacking i thought they could have brought a little more energy <laughs> it was um, it was beautiful i, I mean it, it was that that yeah. was a, a cool uh, setting for it. Um, I, I don't understand though. You're you're on the border of California, Nevada. I don't know exactly where on Lake Tahoe this this thing was, but you you got to know sunshine's coming. You just have to know. And like you could see, I thought they were playing on a parquet freaking ice surface at first. I mean, you could like look down and see like this this squared pattern in the ice in the first period. It's like, oh my god, that that can't be good. That that like the the stuff underneath the ice is coming through. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't, but. Uh, outside of that, they, they got to do it at night. I know it loses a little bit of something, but you got to take care of the players on the ice. Well, I think the next night when they started you know, closer to, to sunset, like an hour before sunset, you at least got that first period, low sun angle. You got the ambiance. You got everything. You got the backdrops and everything. It was really, really freaking cool. Um, and then played the second, third period in the dark. You know, I, I get that. But in, in a non-pandemic year, network. I mean, the, the whole point of the game, right, is to draw fans to it and get a very large crowd to – offset some money you may be lacking in a tv deal so does that work in a non-pandemic year to have a hockey game in that type of setting again if you can't have 50 to 100,000 fans out there if you're willing if you're willing to forego the payday and you have a plan in place to keep fans away i think you could do it again but you're you're just turning money down though yeah but this is in addition to this is not replacing the winter classic the winter classic should and will always be played in front of fans in large venues yeah. to get I, that money. I threw out that idea that the, the next place they should try it is Central Park. I, I was going to ask for alternative locations to have such a place with the scenery, the settings, and everything else. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think even if they can figure out a way to do it by Niagara Falls or something like that, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but some place where you have the settings, you have the backdrop, and someplace that might look cool at night. And Central Park I mean, checks all the boxes. It would be a lot more it's, interesting than than these big stadiums. I mean, there's there's no like having it in a football stadium. There there's absolutely no personality in those. Like you know, some of the baseball ones are okay, but still, like you're. I, I yeah, you guys really have talked is. about being there and 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 how it and how cool it was to be there. But watching it on TV, even if you're in a cool stadium, is just not it's really not it's not that great like a lake Tahoe, right. that's really cool to watch on tv as well and it's exactly what it's supposed to be for right it's, it's not for the people there it's it's all 100 like the the ambiance the, 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 the visual, visual. Right? and i like it's right on the you know right by the water you got this like amazing view and it's all because they set up the cameras in that specific direction and it's all for that you know not so much for <laughs> the, the I, I, perfect angle of the sun hitting the ice or anything like that or you know or people watching the game 
I think, you know, they've done some cool things with, uh, if you like you go on YouTube, you find how, which comp, like someone's put out, they'll put out like a, a game, like just, you know, some whoever's playing, they'll set up a whole, a rink in some ridiculously beautiful spot in like, you know, up high in, the, in, in Canada or in some like European country, like, you know, in a mountain, in near the mountains somewhere. Why not do something like that? Like there's plenty of places that are cold as hell you know, like on a freaking, how about, how about on a, a actual frozen pond in Canada, you know, or like something that actually makes like in a place that like you, I'll look it up, I'll find something for you guys to show you later, but like just anywhere that's like remote has a beautiful view, but it's cold. It makes sense to be out in the middle of nowhere. I get that like Tahoe is like, yeah, you got like, you know, probably all the, the equipment in there is easy to get that too there and it's accessible you know yeah but like you, you said this day and age man they got generators and stuff like that and satellite you trucks figure and figure it out yeah I, I i agree with that i don't know i think it, i think it opens the door to be like maybe we can do something like this that makes more sense um you know for the, the players in the game like obviously like that was there was some problems with the, the sun you know the timing and but like, do we have to play games in where it's fucking warm all the time? Like, can we just play a game? What is, is it? Is it Ottawa where they have that one river where it's just nonstop people skating? Yeah. Like they even skate back and forth to yeah, work. I think so I think it is Ottawa. I think you are right. I feel like that would yeah. be a prime location too. You could do, even if you did fans, they could be up on the banks of the river, sure. you know, so they're not on the ice. So you don't have to worry about anything dangerous happening down there, but set up the rink and, and that would be a great, great spot. I, I agree. But you don't think that maybe there's, you know, Nick was saying somewhere really cold. And I mean, Tahoe is not, not the warmest place in the world right now. Um, it is going, it is winter. Um, but could they do something in a warmer climate? Could they get away with going to Arizona or even Florida for that matter? And maybe doing one at Disney World. I mean, maybe maybe next year when they sign their, their TV deal with, with ESPN, it's having at the Magic a, Kingdom with the Magic Kingdom as the backdrop or something like that. They played a preseason game in a parking lot in Las Vegas. Yeah, and Caesars Palace, In right? the right. 90s. I, I feel like they could do it anywhere well, you, if yeah, they you, wanted you to. You put that great post that – you know, this was, this was, was it a, was it a tweet or did you just text me? Tweet. No, it was, it was a, a tweet. tweet. Yeah. And that the shadows I, just looked exactly like that game. That's yeah. all I kept thinking about at, during that first game with the avalanche and the, uh, and the golden Knights was I kept drawing my eyes and my head kept drawing me back to that game between the Kings yeah. and the Rangers at Caesars palace uh, with the shadows and everything else like that, that you were mentioning. It was, it was really weird how I thought this the exact same thing as you and, and not knowing that you did it, but you're right. If they can do it in a, in a parking lot in Las Vegas, why couldn't they do it? Maybe uh, what's what, what's, what was your temperature today? It was 80. Oh no, it was 78 and really friggin' amazing out. So probably makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah. And, and, and again, the sun, so it would have to be something that would work at night, not yeah. during the day, especially. What do you get to down, What, what does it get down to at night? 60s yeah in the 60s you know in jan in january it could get down into the 40s or, or or the 50s but that's what i'm saying the only thing that kind of around here that that works like that is, yeah, is a downtown setting or in disney. disney i think yeah i think you know disney and and espn and the whole thing you know transitioning now into maybe the next tv deal that could be a way for them to kind of kick off their their hockey yeah ESPN's hockey for next year because let's call it you know ESPN is gonna is gonna have hockey next year 
I think we can we can all it's all we can all safely assume that, right? Yay. Sure. Why do you have to be? They're definitely they're definitely down all the time. Jesus Christ! This is good for the sport, Bill. We've had conversations about the millions of dollars that they would pump in and how it would be in everybody's hotel room and and how the TV revenue and everything else. Now you pay fucking them. Oh, they gotta, they gotta take the money. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's just, it's not gonna help the sport at all. But I didn't mean to stop you. Go ahead. But you know no, what? No, Bill? No, no. Wait, wait. Down. Just like you're saying, Bill, you're, you're, you're not a fan of that, that phrase. You know, trying to gain the casual fan, right? And that's what we always hear when they say about this new deal. We're trying to find ways to find that, you know, transition the casual fan to a real fan. If you're a fan of hockey, you're a fan of hockey. You're not going to convert somebody to be a fan of hockey. So who cares if it's on more screens or not? If you're a fan of hockey, you're going to find it. I, I don't disagree with you, but being it on more screens would put more eyes on it, would put more ads on it, would put more monies in all the players' pockets. And that's, I think that's what we're all after. We're all after the grow to game. We're all after to, to have the game. I would take on. a fucking payday. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We could make some money. But I think we want to be at least on par with the other three major sports. We, we'll never be on par with them, but at least we might be getting close to that, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you want to compete with, or say to compete with the other three, because it's it's a different sport and it's going to be different. You need to find a niche, right? You know, so... With hockey, the, the best thing we have is is watching the, the game in you know in person or just if you can make if you can actually enhance the way that the game you know is, is you view it right. I think that one of the hardest things about it on the TV is you know for a casual person watching, it's not always to me like watching the game is hard because the puck is hard to find. If you you're like going in between like you know you're going to like uh, air through airports or going to some hot, like small like you know. Uh, TV, you're watching small TV on like a bar or something, wherever you are, more like a casual kind of thing, right? It's like, it's not the easiest thing to follow for someone that hasn't watched hockey on those kind of situations because just it's a lot going on. The puck is small, but it's not specifically the puck, it's the problem. It can be a lot of shit going on. Like NBA's, there's a lot, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a little easier to see what's going on around. The ball's kind of like, obviously, fucking basketball is huge. But the shot is always easy to see, and it's really simple to follow. No, but I, I can understand that, and I and I understand right. what you're what you're saying. But you know, when Fox had the hokey, you know, puck tracker back in '96 or whatever that was. But sure. don't you think that the advancements in technology, especially well, on the TVs and the cameras and the high definitions, essentially that, right? Yeah, That's it makes the everything easier. Yeah, because that makes that starts to level the playing field. Like you watch hockey on HD, like. I would never go back. I can't fucking stand watching <laughs> you, hockey. You can't. Can you, like, if you think about it, when we're watching hockey on, like, you know, our old tube TVs, before, like, like 720p, which, you know, I know Tom's like, you know what I'm talking about. When you made that yep. jump to, like, H, like 720, you're like, wow, this is a big difference. Then, like, 1080p, you're like, holy shit. And now, like, 4K, and it's like, it just, it's like closer and closer to that real experience when you're at a game. You're like, it's so crisp. Now, if you could almost make that, what I was going to say here at the first point was if you can almost make that screen a little bigger, like you can get the, a bigger view of the game in some way, because like what happens is if you, you guys have been to games, you see it, you see so much in the action, but when you're watching the game, it's really like, you're definitely missing pieces much like in football where like you're missing like those little battles, but unlike football, we don't have that ability to go back and see that. Like after the play happens, like they'll replay different parts of the play and you don't miss too much or they show the things that are really cool, but hockey, everything's processed so fast. You know, everything's happened so quick. 
you have to figure out a way to like be able to show maybe maybe it's more the screen or maybe just a way to like accentuate those pieces of the game that we we miss you know because it's you can go five ten minutes without a without a, without a break so no, how do you i, I, I get all that but no. what is the casual fan oh when you bring a casual fan to a hockey game and they haven't been to a hockey game ever or they've been to the first two one or two in their lives what is, what is one thing that they always say about a hockey game when you bring them to the... The beers here are expensive. They, they Besides saying, God damn, it's cold in here, they say the speed of the game was intense. It was incredible. Yeah. And man, these guys, I TV so, didn't give them justice for what I see live. If they can, and as Nick was trying to say, if they can transcribe that and try to produce that more... I think it draws more of that casual fan. Can I touch on that? I think part of that is there. No. Oh, okay. I really want it. I had a good point, I think. <laughs> go for it. All right, fine. Go ahead. If you say you did. So Nick is saying show more of the ice, but when it comes to cameras, the further away you get, the slower whatever it is you're, you're recording is going. So for a casual fan to go to a game to say, wow, this is a lot faster than it shows up on TV is because the cameras are shooting from so far away. Maybe the answer is the opposite. Get in tighter to the action of just the, the guy carrying the puck and the defender, instead of showing the whole ice to show you that there's a defenseman at the far point who's not doing anything, get in tighter to the real action. The game will look faster and anybody who's not a fan could appreciate more what's going on in tight. Yeah, but on those stretch passes and uh, on a lot of other things that are happening away from where the puck is, I don't know, I think you're taking a little away from the game by doing that. You're, you're, as long as you're okay with sacrificing that other stuff, then okay. I maybe mean, some sort of maybe some sort of picture in picture where you've got the whole ice view, but down, you know, the bottom quarter, you've got more of the the individual action. I don't know. I, I still, I just think that takes away from from all from everything that's going yeah. on. But, you know, the TV deal is is, is going to happen with ESPN and maybe they bring it back Gary Thorne. <laughs> that would be nice. Instead of him watching uh, Glaber Torres hit home runs in Baltimore, um, <laughs> maybe they can bring him back to uh, to uh, call some hockey games because he was really good, Gary. I, 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 I like the way Gary Thorne called hockey games. Yeah, I liked him too. I mean, I miss Are you sure, Bill? You don't want to shit on him in, in any in any sort of way? You sure? His, his voice. He's talking about fine. Gary Thorne, Bill. Come on, come up with something. I, it, right? Anything? Nothing? You? Wow. I, I was expecting some something to come back from you. I don't hate everything. Just most things. Just most. Just, but Gary Thorne is okay. All right. I will. Uh, I will remember that. I remember Gary Thorne. <laughs> that is in the list. Okay. Wow. I like Eddie Olchick. Bill's like the so, character in Billy Madison who's got the list of people that he wants to kill, except they're all announcers. Good thing I called that guy. <laughs> so, can you put Matt, is Matt Lachlan on that list? If he's not, can you please put him on that list? I, I would I would you. appreciate that. I would for appreciate you. that. He'll, he'll go right to the top. Yes. What yes. about the guy from Buffalo? Is he Watch out, top? Matt Lachlan. What, Suddenly the FBI is going to be listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're all the guy from Buffalo? What's the guy? The guy, The what's that guy's name? The, the, the announcer from Buffalo, Jack something. Oh, the guy with the raspy voice. Yeah, yeah. Or no, there's, I'm, I always get him confused with the guy in Pittsburgh. Are they the same person? No, the guy in He's Pittsburgh. Definitely not. Buffalo, I don't think. Did you really know, fucking I, just say that? What? Did you really just fucking say you think the guy that does the Buffalo games? No, I was joking. I don't think you were. <laughs> I don't think you were. Yeah. Anyway, so we didn't really. Did you guys have any any? Uh, 
I guess we talked about the TV deal a little bit, but anybody have any like predictions they feel like with ESPN I, or NBC or NBC is going to buy it. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with the. It's going to be a multi-platform. It's going to be a multi-company deal. I I, I agree. Got to be. Makes I agree. Sense, yeah. It's got to be. I agree with that too. I was I was doing some research on this a little bit, and I, I did. I think something I missed from last week uh, was that uh, there was an AWS and NHL partnered on a um, uh, basically some advanced analytics that they're yeah. going to be doing uh, for the game. You know, in this next, I guess next, you know, this next year of sorts. Uh, I, maybe some, it'll maybe tail end of this year into next year. Um, Wasn't that guy but, part owner of the Kraken too? Yes. So the guy is Andy Jack- Jassy. He is the one of the minority owners. He, you know, of the Kraken. He's going to become the CEO of, AW, of Amazon in the fall when Bezos officially steps down. So he, uh, he's kind of a big deal. And because he's a hockey fan, obviously being a minority owner and having such clout, he was before this, he was a, the CEO of AWS. He's been in, in Amazon forever, um, like 97, I think, when they first were, you know, one of the first hires probably. Anyway, long story short, uh, that's going to be a big deal for me. I think he's going to, that's going to make a big influence on how the game is. They're trying to show those, those analytics and what, one of the real world kind of concepts they show, they explained about or he said about this was uh, essentially uh, you, I, someone like you or I can, can see during the game, what they would show is something like, you know, where all the shooters are shooting on this goalie, where the goalie sits, like where he makes his saves, like kind of like a heat map. Think of it like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where the goalie makes the most saves for a guy, maybe like all of a sudden they show the heat map and it's like, like, Oh shit, our goalie can't fucking save anything on the left side, top left. Right. Or like uh, there was, there was and one of the things he mentioned was like, uh, you know, face-off uh, predictions based on like the two guys in the Senate who are coming together, you know, for the, for the face-off, it'll throw up predictions like, you know, 50% from this guy, 50% this guy or 70, 30, something like that. And then obviously face-off happens. And it was like, Oh, that's interesting. They could definitely throw some unique analytics, but it sounded like really trying to put advanced analytics into NHL, which I think they've done in some ways, but this would be more of like a, you know, trying to tie it to all the teams and give it, give them that ability to like see that stuff and then show it to the, the people that are watching the game. But I think that's going to, that should impact maybe what I was talking about a little bit, maybe as like they try to show, you know, more of the game a little bit more cameras. Cause they were showing like, you know, having like a whole bunch of HD 4k cameras showing the whole thing. I don't know if that's going to be what they're going to be doing or not. They're just showing it off as part of their little, you know, brief introduction, but you have to remember too, Amazon, owns twitch um i don't know if you guys know what twitch is but essentially it's a streaming service for video and mostly it's used for you know video games for people streaming either it's video games than playing it sure. or uh even like like a lot of people do it for just streaming their life like what they're doing it used to be like justin yeah. tv used to be that kind of niche and it became twitch became where those people went to when, and then, when we live when we live stream this show eventually there you that, go. That, we'll that, we're going to do it. We'll do it on Twitch, not on sure. YouTube for sure. Yeah. And so NFL has had games on there. Um, I'm not sure. And I think, I think the NBA development league is, as, as well is that games on Twitch. Hmm. And so and it, it was the Thursday night games that no one really watches. So, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> but they, they are owned by Amazon, the CEO of Amazon in the fall, part owner of an NHL team who just announced a, a partnership with AWS and NHL. I have a strong feeling that they're going to be streaming some games on Twitch. It just feels like the thing that they're probably going to do at some point, and it makes a ton of sense. And so if they can 
use that NBC ESPN and really make this like a multi-platform way to make it work. I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. But Twitch um, works on is, is good for your PC. It's good for your phone, your tablets. Yeah. When it comes to your television set itself and other media devices and sticks like Broku okay. and Apple TV, they don't have Twitch. They do. They do. Maybe uh-huh. I haven't looked for it. Oh, I, I, watch maybe, I just have to look for it. It's not great for like if you want to type to people like you know it's not great like your phone. No, is but good, even you, you know computer, the, the typing you can bring it up on your on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but it's it's so much better than the NHL app, for instance. Like I went to watch a game this week, uh, yesterday. I the, the Isles game finished, and I wanted to watch. Uh, I was, I was like, you know, what's what's on? Like it just like when they, the you know you, you get out of the NHL TV like uh, or you go back and there's like all the games are up on there. Mm-hmm. And I saw the I saw the Canes and Tampa were like it was like three two three minutes left. I'm like, ooh, that should be good to watch for the last three minutes. You can't watch that. Click. You're blacked out, buddy. So I'm blacked out in both in both the the you know the, the two the two. Um, well, broadcasts. you can't even so, get the away feed because of so, because it's yeah Carolina. no no it's worse than that. So I go okay, let me go out to YouTube TV and watch on the local channel. Not there, not playing in any of the channels. So I go okay, where is it playing? ESPN. So I go to ESPN plus it's on there blacked out there. I couldn't watch the game. I live in Carol, North Carolina. How in the, there's nobody at the game. What in the fuck is with this shit? How is this all blacked out? How is it possible that this is like even a thing? So like, you cut the this, cord, right? You don't have, you don't have uh, yeah. a cable service to your house right now. I have, well, yeah, I have AT&T fiber, you know, gigabit up and down. And I have just like YouTube TV, um, you know, Netflix and um, HL app. But what channel are they in your regular cable lineup? They're one of the, the local channel, like the uh, Fox Sports Network. And it wasn't, it, do you get that channel? Yeah, I do. And it wasn't on there. And it I'm wasn't like, on there? They, yeah. Unless I'm missing something, they, they changed the channel they're on. But it was bizarre to me. I'm like, how is this not on here? So that sounds anyway, a little odd team, that, a, that yeah. a Hurricanes game wouldn't be broadcast. And you live in fucking Raleigh, dude. I know and I have a sports package because I'm paying for it. So I'm like, how is this not on here? Now they could have changed the channel piece and, and it, maybe it's not on that one's not on my thing anymore. But nevertheless, like how is it just blacked out everywhere? When nobody's at the con- fucking games. Conversely, dude, on, on Saturday afternoon, and I sent this picture to Steve. I was watching on the NHL app. I had the, the split screen going on with the Rangers and Caps on the primary, and on the secondary screen, I had the, the Devils and the Sabres. And yeah. I had the both scene, both scene, both screens up at the same time, listening to the Rangers game, but seeing what was happening on the Devils game because of this yeah. you know, crap that we do. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I was I was catching up on all, all the hockey's. But I thought that was that was awesome having the ability to watch two games at the same time and and even get stats on who's on the ice or everything else just by a simple click of the button. So conversely, to your side of the of the, of the stone there. I had a great experience watching yeah. hockey this weekend. I wish it was like a red zone for hockey. Honestly. You know, it, it would be called like the power play or something. Anytime a team gets the power play, that's what they're going to start broadcasting that game. No Devils fan would ever tune into I, that channel. I would rather, I wouldn't rather that way. I'd rather just that they, they flip between the games as they go. And when they do have power play, you're right. Go to the power play. Yeah. But go to the go to the games that are exciting and flip between the, the games when score, goals happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the but the primary sense, focus right? of the red zone is when the team gets to the twenty yard line, they're going to that game. That's, right? but that's the NFL. And, and that makes sense. I, I understand the NFL. that. But when it comes to to hockey, 
team on the power play, they're going to that because your your chances of scoring a goal increase at that point in time. For the Devils, could, not as much, right, Steve? No, not as much. And certainly, if they're if they're the team on the penalty kill, then they should absolutely shift to that game because that team is absolutely going to score. So Sounds what, what, really what, like the Penguins. What was it? Was it a tough week for the Devils there, Steve? was a terrible week for the Devils, a 1-3-0 and week. This is more – now we're really seeing what this team was supposed to be, you know, bottom bottom two of the East, So especially when they lost to Buffalo twice this week. I mean, we, you lose to the Caps, you can kind of understand that. They played pretty well. You know, they, they stayed in that game, but uh, – and then just got tired towards the end of it. This is definitely not the way you want to start this – game every other day stretch that they've got for the next two months is losing to the Sabres twice in a week. Are you, are you going to go all Tom on me now? <laughs> no, I would never. Oh, That's just man. ludicrous behavior. Just trying to get someone all fired up like I was. Team can't fucking stop anybody on the penalty kill, though. I will say that. I don't know what the hell Elaine Nazardine is getting paid to do, but it's not to develop a penalty kill system that's efficient in the NHL. Their system Nazardine, on the penalty isn't kill the same is same guy who just told babe fake stories about Panarin. No, oh, that's no. some other Russian. He's not Russian. Elaine Nazardine is not Russian. It sounds Russian. His penalty kill philosophy is apparently, oh, you got the puck, great, you keep it. We're going to cover these other four guys. Oh, you want to skate right in and just. Take a point blank shot. Go ahead. We're gonna stay on these other four guys. I, I don't. I don't know what what he's doing. I don't know how he still has a job. He well, that doesn't make his... any sense though. That's he's... a terrible approach. Not even responding to that stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> Nick, Nick is that a banana in your hand? Are you happy to see me? Oh, oh hello. Sorry, Steve. What's what's the Devils' record since since uh, he sure got the captaincy? Well, you know it's zero and three. I know. Asshole. I just wanted you to say it. That's all. Fucking dickhead. Yeah. Tom gets a couple of wins. And all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, no, now everything's well, like, golden. I had a terrible like, week hey. last week. You, so you'll indulge me a little bit that you saw my pain last week. I'm trying to flip the switch a little. Any 18 year olds you want to go beat up, especially if they're women? I hear that's, they, what they, that's what your players are really good at. Yeah. Are they female? Yeah. Or is it male? No, female sure. Yeah, no, you okay. never beat up on a male. There's a uh, uh, breaking news coming. Uh, they're they're reporting in the post that Panarin flipped uh, Tiger Woods's car too. <laughs> shot shot a puck at it, knocked it over. Oh, Man, everybody's throwing Panarin under the bus. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he's great. Fucking fabulous. He knows English and still does interviews in Russian, doesn't he? Yeah, that's, he knows that's a little. He knows a little. That's English. genuine. That's yeah, oh, yeah. He knows a little bit of English. He's only been in the country what eight eight years. Are, are you? I, do you want to talk about more about the, your doubles? You only got one point that your special teams suck. So huge weekend for the organization. You mentioned it. Nico getting the captaincy. Travis celebrating a thousand games. Lost both of those fucking games. So who cares? Penalty kill sucks. Power play sucks. And not only that, they're second in the league in terms of most penalty minutes. You can't take a lot of penalties if your penalty kill sucks, guys. They're, they're goal differential at even strength is like plus eight. So imagine how bad they have to be on the penalty kill that they've lost all these games when they're winning at five on five. I was kind of interested to see Lindy Ruff's take on how he's going to be doing practices over the next two months, given that they're playing every other day. He's basically going to just start limiting guys. They're not going to have another full practice for the rest of the year, he said. They're going to just start limiting guys, not letting them practice, and only doing system stuff via meetings, Skype meetings and stuff. 
But how are they going to work on like power play and penalty kill and faceoffs for that it's matter? It's all going to be video work. Wow. All right. He's got it. He's got it. These, and I've definitely noticed it. The Buffalo game, and these, and the the Washington game, and then Buffalo again tonight. As the period goes on, you see them getting tired. It's not going to be a good stretch for these next two months, I don't think. If they're already getting tired one week into it, it's not gonna it's not gonna be good. So the beat the devil just weathered a storm in the first ten minutes of the period and then just attacked then the second half of that's the period. It. You got that's it. all you gotta do. All right. I'm really not happy. But I mean it can't all be that bad, right? Gusev has scored back to back games. Gusev is scoring. Zach has got like a four or five or six point, you know, game point streak, but who cares? Well, there you go, Buckaroo. Who cares? It's 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 Travis Zajac. Travis Ajak has one shot on goal in his last four games, and he's getting a regular shift. How do you only have one shot on goal? He's, he's got one shot on goal old. more than me. Billy is right. He is 54 years old, though. Still. He's got a stick in his hand. He should be able to throw a puck at a net. Wait, is that, that, that's, that's it? it? Well, that's those are my four points, yes. You stick in your hand, and you throw the puck to the net. That's you. That's all you got to do. They, I, I, I couldn't I, agree I, more. I really – if there was some way to just fix that penalty kill, things would be a lot better. But if you watch a game, it's it's definitely such a passive penalty kill. It's infuriating that they just let guys skate with the puck. There was a goal that they gave up. Guy had the, the puck on the half boards. Both Subban and Vatanen had their sticks to the middle to prevent a pass across ice. There was a guy right in front of the fucking net that they just left wide open to tip in a goal. All, all the guy with the puck had to do was look towards the middle. Subban and Vatnin went to the middle. And then that guy on the crease was all alone. I, I think in junior hockey, the first thing they teach you is the guy, the, the most important guy to cover is the guy right in front of the net, right? I mean, that's that's the well, most look, important we, we guy. We talked about the Rangers earlier on too, right? With positional and getting, getting your body behind the defenseman, not being in front of him and your, your defense, your, your defensive numbers will grow. So I, 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 I certainly do agree with you. And, you know, conversely, your penalty kill might suck. The Rangers' penalty kill has been the best part of their game all year long. And, you know, they held the Capitals to, um, to, to no power play goals. They have the Flyers. No, they haven't let up a power play goal in, I think, it's four games now. They're aggressive, though, right? They attack the puck carrier. Not necessarily. They, they play a larger box, but they're not overly aggressive. They just having sticks in the right in the right in the right passing lanes really i think they're they're pretty they're aggressive though too. until until that um possession's established by the other team i mean they're they're pretty aggressive trying to keep it out of the zone yeah and 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 look and they have their they have a hard enough time the defenseman's clearing the zone when they get the puck so i mean look special teams for the rangers uh, and on wednesday you, you saw it or, or on uh, on saturday rather you saw this the special teams in action especially in washington one with killing off all those penalties and with Cryer scoring finally on the power play, the first power play, they're just passing the puck. They're just passing the puck. And I'm, I'm screaming at them to just shoot the puck. And as soon as they get their second power play, you know, Panarin puts the puck to the net and rebound, boom, right on Cryer's stick for a slam dunk. You're that uh, guy, so, aren't you? You're that oh, guy I'm, in the stands. I'm, the, I'm absolutely that guy. In the Fucking shoot the puck guy. Nobody <laughs> likes shoot the puck guy. All, but seriously. If you shoot the puck on the power play and don't try to look for the perfect pass all the time and get screens in front, one's bound to go in. So if you're not shooting the puck on the power play, you're not going to score. The Rangers finally did that. So the power play was, was certainly good. Look, a tale of two games in Philly and Washington last week. Philly was an utter fucking disaster of a game on both 
the Flyers side, fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. And on the Rangers side, it, the team they were they were unstructured. They were going. They were running around. They were chasing. It was a, an awful, awful game to watch. In Washington, but they found a way to win, and they haven't been able to do that. So I think that eased them a, a lot. Was just getting a win in Philadelphia. Getting a win in general certainly cures a lot of, uh, of heartache. And the game against Washington was just a structured defensive clinic against the Capitals. And I wish they could play every game the way they played Washington on Saturday afternoon. Um, they would be a very, very difficult team to face. They didn't let up a, a whole lot of shots. And Shesterkin was just in the right place at the right time. And they didn't let the Capitals get, take advantage on the power play. And they, they beat them down at even strength. So it was, again, a tale of two games. And I'm kind of nervous about tomorrow night's game in Philadelphia because I don't know which Ranger team we're going to see, especially now with Panarin taking leave of absence. Kako is now on the COVID list, uh, still on the COVID list. Heedle is off the COVID list, started skating. So we will, hopefully we'll see him in the next uh, 10 days to, to two weeks. Uh, hopefully he'll be back in the lineup. And, you know, uh, it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see which. Why are you saying, why are you saying the next 10 days to two weeks? So he, he just, he, he had an upper body injury. They never said actually what it was. So that was four to six weeks. He just hit the four week mark oh, okay. two days ago. So he just got off the COVID list so he can just start resuming skating. And by the time he gets into practices and all that other stuff, it's probably going to be about 10 days at minimum. Right. Um, the Panarin thing really, I mean, I think it took everybody by shock. Billy, I'm sorry about your fantasy team. Uh, disaster. Right yeah, well, it's not it's not just disaster for you, man. It was just, you know, we got such a great game versus Washington and the Rangers Twitter finally calmed down and everybody was kind of happy. And then the Panarin thing hit and it's just like, OK, what what next? Um, What's he going to do? This well, can only well, happen right, now. Leave a... right now, it's, it's just he, making he takes... sure his family is, is, is taken care of and they're not. I don't I don't know. I, I've never been involved with the Russian politics or with the Russian mafia. So I don't know what could possibly happen. Don't know, but I, I would want my family protected. Wouldn't the best protection though be to bring him to the United States? Awesome. Bring him here, yeah. Maybe. How, how do you... Right, maybe, but you gotta not, think we're they... not in the situation. We don't know. We just we just know that you know all, all signs on Twitter are pointing toward this being a lot of bullshit. It, it definitely is. It's it's the timing. It's the way that Putin and his government works. And you know what? Not only the not only the Rangers organization, but the NHL stepped up and said, you know, we're 100 percent behind. Yeah, the Rangers. Did. The Rangers came came out with a statement an yeah. hour after he announced all this stuff, yeah. which is, they rarely do. How often do you see something like this happen? It's very rare amongst any of the sports, you know, uh, for more major sports, right? And so. Uh, it's very clear to everybody that this is a complete fabrication. The guy that's, you know, making this up is apparently like with ex coach, but like, yeah. you know, yeah, but I heard he's, he's also got a lot of mental problems too. this guy. So I, you, you know, take I, a lot of what he says with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. He's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> but is there any truth to, could there possibly be any truth to this? Or is no, this just a completely players, fabricated story? Former, Former teammates on that team came out and said, uh, we were around. We don't remember anything yeah. right. like and that. Even ever they, they, I think they interviewed people at the hotel who still work there or something like that. And they're like, no, none of that shit ever happened. 
So I, I don't know. So who I don't know how long he's going to be uh, away from the team, but it could be the rest of the year. Who knows? At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the rest of the year. But again, what is he doing? I don't you make know. one phone call to United Airlines. You say, get me plane tickets, and you bring them over. He, he says it in that broken Problem English. solved. Pan, pano Problem ammo. solved. He goes, Visa. That's all he's got to say. No, no, visa. Master, well, we, we know that everybody has visa problems oh, no. in the United States. Right. So we go, MasterCard or Discover. Another uh, another big topic uh, on the, uh, at least the past three days, was Eichel to New York. Eichel, of course, 24 years old. Hey, hey, guys, you remember that time there was the trade rumor and it didn't involve the Rangers? Well, look, oh, yeah, me look, neither. Right now, a lot of trade rumors are going to involve the Stop. Detroit Red Wings. They're going to involve the LA Kings. And they're going to involve the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. So get used to it. You got young, good talent, good young farm systems, and you could put together a package for a player like Eichel. So whether you like it or not, those four teams are and the Ottawa Senators, or the five teams, are going to be tied to a lot of rumors going on, especially during the course of this year and even in the offseason. So, and Buffalo, Buffalo's having buyer's regret with the big contract they gave Michael. I mean, they're fed up with him. They're, they're, their fans are done with him. They're, they, don't, they don't want him around. So they're going to look to, to move him, whether it's to the Rangers because he's got that relationship with Quinn or whatever, or right. anywhere else. It, they're probably going to have to pay some of his salary, but I, I think they are – they seem like they're interested in moving on. Do you think they'd want Ryan Strom? I, I mean, Ryan Strom, right? But, but <laughs> even, wants even Ryan still, <laughs> nobody. Uh, <laughs> but look, he has 100 points in 149 games for the Rangers. That's, that's good to tell all the deadline teams. But if you're, if you're looking for a package, if you're Buffalo, looking to the Rangers for a package, who's the one guy right now that you say got to be in the deal? Keandre Miller. Uh, I was thinking more Adam Fox, but that's not a bad no. one either. That's I would say Keandre Miller's got a couple years on Fox too, right? Two. Keandre Miller was Two. just drafted. No, he's Keandre Miller's 21 years old. Fox is 23. Fox just okay. turned 23. Oh. I'd still take Miller. You'd take Miller over Fox? Yeah. But I, I think but I think we're just telling the same story there. Yeah. That one of those two young defensemen is part of this deal or we don't have a deal. And if that and if that was the case, I think those are two untouchable players in new york right now everybody else okay let's talk about them but i think keandre miller and and adam fox are 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 not are non-starters for me anyway what if they said lafreniere too early he's, he's only another 19. goal he, he did get another goal but look you want to talk about that goal in washington no he's got two he more goals than di pietro <laughs> <laughs> well he has he has one more goal than stamkos had at this time when in his rookie year but you know Panarin set that whole thing up, and I mean, Billy, you could have scored that. Goal. Slow down, <laughs> slow down. No, no, slow you, you, definitely, you could have taken that and put it to your backhand. That was that's a slam dunk, and to celebrate afterwards of banging into the glass. I mean, okay, I get all that. I don't know. Who's getting hypercritical now? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't. I, I at this point in time, I would say no because it's too early. Talk to me at the end of next season, and I'd be able to give you a better answer. And at, at that point, Eichel might be in New York already, so I don't know. Who was the ranger that that did the monkey off the back for Zabitajad? No, it was Bushnevich. And two games and the game prior to that, he got the monkey off of his back. He had But he did during the goal celebration, games. he's the one that did the fake I'm actually taking the monkey off your back. Yeah, if you saw Zabitajad, Zabitajad got jarred a little bit with his with his shoulder, so I'm I'm hoping there's no 
there was no injury there and it doesn't appear to be because he's been in practice and everything's been fine. So, well, it's not like his production is going to drop off if he's hurt. <laughs> so. You're right. There might be an explanation as to why, but you know, at, Panarin's gone now. Panarin was your offense. Panarin's your superstar. How much more are they going to be relying on Mika right now to step up and take and take that role and and be a producer of, of points and goals? This could be a long this could be a long stretch for the Rangers. I hope so. That's all I'm saying. How are things I, out I, on the I, island? I could be like Steve this week, going, "Oh my God, my power play and my penalty kill suck." Is that a good Steve? Did you like that? That was a good Steve. One. How are things out on the island, Nick? They are in, I don't know. It's a sinking? up and down, up and down, up and down. I, I, I was interested to see if Billy was going to go for before me, but I guess I'll, I'll jump in first. And then he could tell me what his take, he could say what his take is. And we played twice this week, right? Flyer, uh, Pittsburgh in the Isles. And then I think we played twice this coming week, right? Uh, tw- oh, yeah. The Penguins have done nothing but play the Islanders and the Capitals yeah. the entire month of February, literally. Freaking- Except for the Rangers on the very first day of February. I don't – it's funny after we've gone this now, like a bunch of games between two teams. Oh, I hate it. It's like – it's in, it's not that – it's like – it doesn't even feel like a playoff series. It just feels like annoying. I don't want to see Sidney Crosby again for a few games. I'm pretty happy not to see him on the ice. Pittsburgh seems to have our, our number this so far this year. Um, and the last two – the two games we played against the, the, the Penguins, I didn't think – I didn't think the Isles were, were that bad, to be honest. The – the first game we lost, uh, no, it wasn't that. It was a four to one, I believe. Uh, yeah, four one. I didn't think they were they were all that bad. There was a ton of shots in the game. Um, Isles out hit, but I don't know. They they just could could not convert on the chances they have out there, um, and that's a big part of their game. They have to convert. Um, and then to continue that into the next game, two days later we play. They out. They just outplayed the, the Penguins and ended up losing three to two, getting just out. They outshot the Penguins two to one. It was 35 to 18 on the shots, 53 hits to 30. I mean, those are big numbers if you're just looking at numbers. I didn't think the numbers were that indicative of it, but you know, the, the game, they, they definitely looked to be, you know, they felt like they were in charge of the game, but. You, if you don't score on your opportunities, you let the other team do their do what they have to do. I mean, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't equate to a win. And uh, another late game where another late goal in the end of the game to uh, lose out on on at least one point in the game, kind of rough. You know, no points in two games against Penguins, who went from you know potentially being down the bottom to right back in this right back in it. Right, they're right back in the playoff hunt, making it a five team race right now. So I think that was uh you know. Coming out of those games, it, it's, it felt shitty, but because we you know come on no points, but they played pretty well. I felt like Q last night against Buffalo uh, is a good game. Uh, they played much better. I felt like in ter- not much better, but they they played. They finished the they finished on their goals. They were finished on their their opportunities. And um, Eichel didn't look that great that game. So I, I thought I felt Sam Reinhardt looked freaking good. I don't know if you guys saw the goal he scored against the Isles. Uh, he knocked the puck out of the air. He pulled it across like his body and just like flung it in from way further out than it should have been. It was quite was a Was that the one where his stick blade was kind of pointed up to the roof? Yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. I, I did see that. Yeah. You know, from all, this week, the takeaway is that they, they've looked good 
but they came away with only two points out of out of uh, you know three games out of six out of possible six points, and that's you can't do that in this tight tight uh, series. I mean, Penguins now they jumped right into the tie with the Isles. We also have played eighteen games, so you know that's a third of the of the season at this point, right? Um, and within that, we've played six defensemen all 18 games. And this has been my biggest concern wow. with the team is they have no defensive depth. Sebastian Ajo, the other Sebastian Ajo, has been on the basically the taxi squad bench, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, he hasn't dressed for a single game, 18 games. I don't understand why he's on he's, what they're doing with it. It, it. Like he must not look right in practice. I, I can't figure out why they haven't even, you know, rotated even like, Dobson or, or Green, even one game, like give him a, a chance. Like he's going to get what, uh, six minutes in a game and they're going to say, see you later back to HL. Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing with the uh, defensive depth. Uh, it scares me because if we have one injury to the, any of the defensemen, you know, by the way, Andy Green's what, 30, 39, 37, hmm. 500. You know, he's, he's not, he's not a spring chicken. So I, it scares the hell out of me about about that. Um, the defense looks good, but you got to have some depth. I mean, it's a little bit somebody. So with that, um, that's that's not that's not great a great look right now for the Isles, and they don't have a lot of ability to make trades. So that's gonna be difficult for them. Wallstrom had a, a much better game yesterday. Uh, he's been looking better and better each game. Playing with Paggio has been really nice, I think, for him, and. Um, He's a uh, he's got a nice shot. He got it. He was a catalyst on the power play to get the last uh, the goal the final goal to win the game. Uh, he kind of blast that looked like he's basically in the uh, Ovechkin slot spot on the ice. Got out of net and then Pajo, who's been red hot with incredibly quick hands, knocked it in and basically you know to segue into that is Pajo has been him and Barzal the two best players on the Isles by far. The last, you know, feel, it feels like two weeks. Uh, every game, Barzal draws a penalty with his speed. Every game. He gets the puck and just goes right, you know, right through butter, uh, right through everybody, knife through butter, um, and he basically gets tripped. It happens every game. And uh, he's been just like, it's, it's just been more and more noticeable with his, his abilities uh, to, to just generate, generate play, uh, plays and, you know, use the speed to do whatever he can do. And he gets the, the open, he's an open ice. I mean, defense just definitely backs off. And he's, I haven't seen a defenseman really like challenge him yet. Although we're not playing like, you know, um, we're playing the same team. So I think that's, it plays into it a little bit. When you get to like a team like, uh, you know, like Tampa or somebody with like a, with a headman or, um, even Darlene didn't seem to really challenge him. I, I thought he should probably do that a little bit maybe, but didn't happen. Anyway, so but Pajo and him have been just red hot. Pajo's everywhere on the ice. They've been double shifting him a little bit here and there during certain him and both both him and Bar- Barzal. And um, yeah, so it's a weird week, you know. Certain guys playing really well. Bellows got benched, and from the sound of it, uh, you know, you have one rookie in Wallstrom getting more minutes, looking better. Bellows, who was played launching early in the season, he's been benched effectively uh, by. Um, um, by Trotz, who said in the media that, like, he knows what he did. Like, he basically knows why he's being benched or, you know, he, he got his chance. They had, like, Doc Cole had his chance, and he's been playing well with it. 
Walsh has been playing well with his, but then, you know, Bellows made some, some errors in the game that they just, he felt like they'd already talked about probably in practice or, you know, whatever, whatever it was, if it was like, Hey, you're not making, you know, pick up your man at this point, you gotta do it next game and didn't do it. Right. Whatever it was that they talked about, it wasn't mentioned in the, in the, in the, you know, in the pressers, but he basically was like, Kiefer knows he did. He knows why he's, you know, he's not going to get, he's, this was his chance and he knows what he did. Uh, it's a good chance. He's not going to play for a bit. Um, maybe just practice squad until you know, another injury happens or something, but we'll see how it goes. Looking the week ahead. It's going to be, like I said, uh, it's gonna be a tough week. Actually, we got, uh, I think it's Boston and then two games against uh, the Penguins. Well, it seems like you've had Boston's number this year, right? Surprisingly. And that's kind of the weird part about, you know, the NHL, sometimes certain teams just get the better number, better of other teams. I feel like the Penguins have just gotten our number this year. And then, you know, vice, same with us against the Sabres. Sabres, I think we're 3-0 against Sabres this year. Mm. Um, I mean, we should be. But then again, we've also played really well against the Bruins. And we have, we've handed them two of their three or uh, I think it's three, two of their three um, regulation losses. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, they've been playing well. They just they gotta they gotta convert on those chances. If they don't convert, like it's just like everybody else. Like I feel the team's playing well and they look good, but they're just the puck luck's not happening where they're just getting those shots and they gotta keep grinding it out and trying to uh, make it happen. So, so what do you think, Bill, about the the games we had against each other this week? Well, I think you're spot on about not finishing for the Islanders. I I think that the Islanders um, got. I think it was a pretty evenly played game that first night they played where the penguins won four to one. Um, but the second game where the, where the penguins escaped with that three, two win somehow, I man, the Islanders just skated circles around the penguins that whole game. Um, Barzal, I I'm actually blown away by how dominant he was in, in both of those games. I mean, I, I I've known he's a, a great player, but I mean, he just penguins defensively or, or maybe not, all that great, all that good at keeping up with speedy guys, but Barzell really uh, was, was making them look bad out there. But to your point that they were not finishing. And I don't know, like, I was going to ask you, like, is that, is that at all typical of the season? Cause I, I didn't see Bailey or, or Lee. I think that's the guys that are playing with Barzell right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I saw them do absolutely nothing in that, in those games against the penguins. And, and there's, and there were some, some things like rebounds and, and shots that they could have maybe tried to get some traffic in front. And I, I just didn't see him doing anything with them. Yeah. Eberly, Eberly and Lee typically play up with uh, Barzal and uh, Eberly is very much a, you know, hit or miss kind of player. He's either hot or not. And, um, and Lee is pretty consistent, but he's got, he's the, he's in the front of the net. He's got, he's trying to score those, those dirty goals. And so if he, if he's in the right spot, he, he can do a lot of damage, but he's a power play. That's big. He's big in the power play. Yeah, so I, I really thought that that the Islanders missed a, an opportunity there just by just by kind of not finishing and, um, and then the the Penguins also I I I think they've got Varlamov's number just a little bit. Um, he's obviously got a bunch of shutouts this season. He's been playing well against really well against most teams. Uh, what I see the Penguins doing to Var, Varlamov is just they're they're just beating him with shots. They're just beating him uh, with shots from the point, shots from the slot. The in the three-two win last week, uh, the Penguins all three goals were scored by a defenseman, couple by Latang, uh, and one by uh, Matheson, his his first as a Penguin, my my favorite uh, new Penguin. They and they all just went high. They they hit the corners. 
Um, I think maybe one of them, there was like a, a kind of a screen, one of the Latang shots, but a couple of them beat him clean. And, and like, even in games prior to that last series that they played, you know, I, I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, Rister's beating him from the slot um, that he seems to have an open look at. And, and uh, I'm not sure what that's about. If, if the Penguins figured, figured anything out that other teams haven't gone to, but they're not scoring off of scrambles in front of the net and, and things like that. The Islanders seem to be taking care of the front of the net that way. Um, and, and that's just seems to be how they're, how they're handling it so far. And, and, um, but they, they've been really good games with the Islanders. The game, I, I mean, I think they've been really entertaining games. Uh, they've, they've gotten chippy at times because uh, apparently I didn't realize this before this last couple of games they played last week, but they, they really dislike uh, Mike Matheson more than I do because uh, Matheson <laughs> is the guy that delivered the hit on uh, Boychuk, I, I, I guess, in last season's uh, playoffs. Uh, so they went after him a little bit before I realized, I'm like, why would anybody go after Matheson? Why would you want to take that bum off the ice and <laughs> and try to get, get him a penalty or, or get him hurt? I mean, but uh, yeah, it, it seems like they are not fans of, uh, of Matheson at all. So, think- so there was, there was that part think- of it too. Uh, but outside of, of their, their kind of dislike for him, and how that might've led to some uh, penalties and things. Um, they've been pretty clean games and pretty back and forth games. Uh, and, and, and uh, Penguins do seem to be getting the best of them so far. But, but like I said, like the, that last game they played against the Islanders, I, the Islanders really were um, out skating them and, and outplaying them in a lot of ways. Still over the last week, you know, when, when we met up a week ago, the, the Penguins were, were losing to the Capitals Um and, uh, and, but I, I mentioned last week that I thought, even though they lost, I think it was a three to one game that they lost to the Capitals. Um, I, I thought I saw some things from Tristan Jerry that indicated that he was on the upswing. I thought I saw some things defensively in that game, even though they gave up the three goals that I, I, I thought there were some improvements there. And, uh, and so subsequently in the, in the next three games, uh, including tonight, um, gave up five goals total and then they came away with three wins. Um, Jari was, was a real difference maker. Uh, in the games against the Islanders, um, even though I, I felt like, obviously, like I said, I think the Islanders left some, some goals on the table there because Jari was good, but it wasn't like the second coming of Hashik or anything. Um, but still played very solid. Uh, seems like he's coming around and, uh, and, and, and that's got him on, on a little bit of a winning streak now. Um, so, so good signs from, from them defensively, good signs from them in goal. And then, and then my last point uh, is is going back to uh, one of the games earlier this week was Sidney Crosby's one thousandth game, and uh, and so they had a little ceremony for him. Uh, and and prior to that game, um, all of the uh, Pittsburgh teammates uh, all wore their number eighty seven Crosby jerseys out uh, in the pregame warm up. Um, and when he does his little um, ritual, uh, about five minutes before the end of the warm up, when he gets down and reties his skates. All of his teammates drop down to a knee and, and retied their skates as well. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Thanks Tom. And they had a, you know, they, they obviously they, they did a little ceremony. They then, a little then, video. They, then pregame, they all went back to pregame. They all went back to the locker room and took sniffs from his cup. <laughs> don't, don't hurt. Don't be hurtful. Um. <laughs> They uh, did a little video before the before the game, which was it was it was kind of funny. I was I was very entertained that that uh, they brought his girlfriend out on the ice, um, and Sid's a very private guy, and you never hear about who he's dating or, or et cetera and so forth. And it, and it's just hysterical that 
there's finally this big reveal. His girlfriend steps out on the ice uh, for them to watch this video uh, tribute together with of course, like a huge what was mask his name? over her face so you can't actually see what she looks like. So Because it was a guy, right? It, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It looked, it looked like Not that there'd feature. be anything wrong with that. Of course not. Absolutely not. Not in this day and age. No, not at all. Um, then they then they did a uh, they brought in for a video tribute his his family uh, presumably from Nova Scotia, which I also found to be pretty funny because his. Do you I mean, think they, they hired actors. <laughs> they hired an actor an actress for it to be his I, girlfriend. I, I, I think if you saw this, you would say no, they were not actors. Okay, that's possible. But the parents and the sister were not, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because his parents. Because you're a stalker. <laughs> His parents, when they did the video tribute saying uh, how proud they were of him, were such complete dullards that <laughs> just had to know that's where Sid's personality came from. I mean, he's he, he's bringing in how much money, and and I mean, they just put them on. They, they look all frumpy. They're 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 not dressed nice. They're they're just they're just sitting at the table, just being as as dull as you could be, uh, as monotone as they could be, congratulating their son and his uh, milestone. And then, and then they had her sister, his Sid's sister, um, and and you can tell she's not an actress because she looks exactly like Sid, <laughs> but she's female, Poor which girl. is which is awesome for me because I mean I I have That's everybody knows I have girl. fantasies about Sid. As oh, God, <laughs> I could have been fantasizing about his sister the whole time, <laughs> and, it, and it would be a female and work out even better. But it, it was a it was all yeah. In all seriousness, is very touching. A great milestone, thousand, blah 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 blah. And he had two assists that night. It was a good good night for uh, for Sid. And well, fans. Betty, we're just so proud of our son Sid. He's he's so great. Uh, he plays the hockey very well. We're just an average family from Nova Scotia. Guys, that's, what, that's all I can imagine. Exactly like them. My God, wow. So, Bill, they had the uh, a lot of his sounded exactly like the wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of former teammates do like the video tribute to him and, and send in little little thank yous and uh, it was great playing with you and all that stuff. But they had Patrick Kane send one in. I really didn't understand why they had Patrick Kane send one in. Yeah, they never really played in like a key game against each other. They've never been teammates because he's a USA. No, and uh, US Canada. Guy. So I, I just I didn't understand why. He's a contemporary from a rival, like you're saying, Canada, USA. If you can get the respect of your uh, rival. I, I guess, that. I guess, but it wasn't as impactful as having like Gonchar on and all the teammates and, you know, having some guys that he won gold medals with in Canada on and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably good, but I don't know. I'm surprised that an ass Lundquist did do anything. Well, so maybe they, so maybe I mentioned Zajac. Overextend himself. Well, look, did, did you see Zajac the video of him today? He was back in gold today. Really? On the ice. I know. I was, a lot of people were shocked. I was shocked. Oh, good for him. I mentioned Zajac also celebrated his thousandth game. Uh, all the all the team got T-shirts. That's all they did for him. Did, so did they bring him saying, back? You know, they brought MC? Crosby's, they brought Crosby's girlfriend out. They brought his family out. They did the video tribute from you know former teammates and and Travis's uh, Travis's teammates got uh, T-shirts. Didn't they also give Taylor Hall a video tribute when he came back the first the first time the Sabres came to New Jersey? Sure, why not? You don't think he deserved I, the I tribute? Do, but you kind of saved that shit for the fans, man. You think he gave a shit? So I, I actually something interesting, you know, take it for what it's worth that the devils are doing during the game. If you log on to the web, the devil's website, you can actually see the stuff that they would normally play on the scoreboard 
during breaks of action, replays. Why would anybody want stuff. to do that? Because uh, some people like the hide the puck game. They want to see the hide the puck you game. Wanna, you want to play what's in my pants? Can we? <laughs> I'm sure we can. So, well, after the, nine o'clock. It is after nine, but before, it is it is actually getting late. Before we go, um, I did see something on the Twitter today that I thought was very interesting and that no one actually talked about previously was because of the cap issues that are going on right now, they're talking about franchise players and these franchise players would not count towards your cap. What do you think about that? I mean, obviously, Bill and Nick, you'd probably love the idea. Uh, of One per team? One per team, and it could change every year. Well, but is it is, is it is it going to be like an NFL deal where like there's just a guarantee of a salary range and no, I just... I, I, I don't want to, I, I wouldn't want it like the, like the NFL has it with, cause players don't want that franchise tag. And I don't no, think I agree. It, seems like, awesome. it seems like it was more like you guys franchise Sidney Crosby, his salary doesn't count against the cap. That's correct. I mean, but that if every that's year the decision you can change they, that every year. Yeah. And if that's the decision <laughs> that's they come to, I league, I'm, I'm good with it, but yeah, as long as they don't do it like the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I thought that was a really interesting way to maybe get around this flat cap, especially for the next couple of years, if they implement something like this, even next year. I wouldn't even mind seeing like they do the, they they used to call it the Larry bird rule in the NBA, where if he was a homegrown player, his salary, the the salary doesn't count a hundred percent against the cap. Homegrown right now. I do. They still do it in the NBA. Nobody stays on the same team in the NBA. So I don't know if they do that anymore. Good point. I, but I don't know. It was like a 15% reduction of what the salary was that counted against the cap. If it was a player you drafted. It sounds like a pretty good idea, but I, I just thought I saw that that was actually from uh, Drager. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, I thought, I thought we talked about this or I maybe brought this up when we were talking about it earlier in the, you know, before the season started, when we were talking about the cap, yeah, I'm sorry. we're not giving you credit. No, no, no. I, I'm just trying to remember. I thought we talked, I thought we, we kind of went through this with like, Hey, wouldn't it be something like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a good idea to have, we have like all these guaranteed contracts, but you know, teams get stuck forever, you know, in these kind of bad spots. And I don't blame that, but on the, on the, um, then teams should be penalized in the sense of like, you got, you should, you put a deal out there, you should have to honor it. Well, there's situations like Andrew Ladd, right. Where Isles are kind of screwed because his body is just, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it dude's, like he can't play, and what are you gonna do? That they are stuck with him. They can't get rid of him. They can't do anything. And the the, the league kind of, in general, there's less less movement in the league. In my opinion, means it's boring. You have less mm-hmm. ability to make things happen. So maybe you know? maybe bring back amnesty buyouts, like I was saying they should do. Oh my god! Yeah, you you were such a supporter of amnesty buyouts. Holy shit! One well, a year I actually, would be fine. To that to that uh, point, though, I'd I'd rather see them do a franchise than an amnesty buyout. To, I, do it I on the agree with you. Do it on the franchise end instead of instead of buying out contracts and doing it that way. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, you, could, you could be like, hey, if you want to do use this, you'd like burn a first you know first round pick or something. I bet your teams would sign up to do that. Mm. I'd burn a first round pick to get rid of Andrew Ladd's contractor. <laughs> you know, but but I, we also said it has to be a certain tiered to where it would cost you a first round pick anything above like $9 million would cost you first in between, you know, nine and seven, it would cost you a second or something like that. But uh, I don't know if it, I think if you do that too much of a penalty, then it's like, it defeats the purpose. Like I think there should be a cost to it. 
but it, the point is to get back cap room, right? Being able to buy your cap room back, but not ever, you can't just get every, all your cap back, cap room back. Like that would prevent the, you know, the teams from like being like uh, the Rangers in the early nineties and twin thousands where they're like buying, they had all the money, right? They're like, Oh, we could just, Oh yeah. They really did them a lot of good. <laughs> didn't, but you know what I mean? Like that was the idea. It was like, Oh, we prevent these teams from like, you know, outspending everyone else. Um, yeah. But it's okay. You could just give some like give some limitations around it, and just allow some more you know movement. Like this, there's no movement this year. No one's got cap space. The cap is flat, and you you not kind of much movement in this off season coming up either, man. No, break it's, like, it's gonna be a couple of years. You know, they got to figure out something to to alleviate that pressure, and it just helps the game. Like nobody wants to see you know your team like oh I got wait two years for you know anything to anything to change. That blows, you know, for the league, not just for one team. Like it's, just, I don't know. I think they could make a lot of. It makes a lot of sense. You you avoid situations where like we had a you know send uh, Devon Taves to uh, to Colorado, and yeah. uh, that sucked balls because he he's very good defenseman, and we need another defenseman. We literally gave a guy away, um, which could end up really hurting us in any chance we have in the playoffs when we get to the playoffs, right? So that anyway. remains to be seen. All right. Um, well, that's all we got for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another rousing episode of the friends and rivals podcast. Um, don't forget to follow us on our Twitter at friends underscore rivals, Facebook, um, YouTube friends and rivals podcast. Don't forget to click comment and share subscribe wherever you find your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or again, like I said, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, don't forget to give us a rating because it really does help out our show a lot. Remember when you're on the shitter, check the Twitter. Billy, play us out. Oh.